0: Are there days when you feel hopeless because you're not seeing progress, but yet you continue to do the same things over and over again, expecting a different result? Are there days you feel defeated, lost, or hopeless and feel like giving up? Well, you're in the right place, my friend, and I can help. This is the Road to Health podcast, and I am Tamara, your host for this adventure. Join me on my perfectly imperfect journey as I implement the strategies I've learned from the coaches I work with and make my goals and dreams a reality. I don't always manage to resist the temptations that life throws at me. But by working on developing the way I think and how I take action, I've learned to build a firm belief in my own ability to change. No one needs to take this journey alone. So if you want to be empowered to break the chain of addictive behaviors, develop a growth mindset and live up to your true potential, join me on the road to health. Do you or someone you know struggle with mental health and you're not sure how to escape that negative self-talk? Hey everyone, Tamar here from the Road to Health podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited because as I've been talking about, I've got some new things happening. Last week, we went through the Wake Up on Fire workshop. For those of you that tuned in, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you haven't signed up for that, you can head on over to my website, www.theroadforward.me and you can sign up and it's absolutely free. Learn how to wake up with a new zest for life and get more done in less time. I'm sharing some of the strategies that I use today um, that just allows me to wake up and actually enjoy getting out of bed each and every day. One of the other exciting things that I have going on right now is that within the Road Forward Facebook community, I'm going to be doing two free keynote presentations each and every week where I talk about procrastination and how to beat procrastination, also the reasons why we procrastinate. I'm going to be talking about why we tend to get stuck in that failure cycle and keep repeating the same old behaviors over and over and often expecting different results. I'm also going to be talking about how our mental barriers are related to our past and how we need a vision as a pulling power to move us into the preferred reality that we want to exist in. And of course, these programs are developed to help you get through this very tough time even stronger And just standing above the crowd because let's face it, it's been really difficult lately and a lot of people have been struggling with isolation, um, you know, feeling depressed and I know that I still struggle from time to time if I don't use the tools that I've learned how to implement in my life. So I'm going to be doing two free sessions each and every week for the next few weeks. Uh, So make sure if you haven't signed up, join the Road Forward Facebook community. I will put a link in the show notes so you can just click on that, join us and you'll get a ton of extra value. My next guest is a good friend of mine, Justin Bryan. I met Justin in the Fail Forward Challenge hosted by one of my mentors, Anthony Trucks. It was an absolutely amazing challenge. Uh, In the challenge we learned how to look at past failures and see how we can improve those and how we can actually come and rise above those failures and essentially fail forward. And one of the things I really loved about Justin is we had similar stories of addiction. um, And Justin is a huge mental health advocate. He's a professional speaker and he's also a professional executive and transition coach. So I really, um, Enjoyed being in that group with Justin because he was so vulnerable. Now, he was one of the people who actually inspired me to write the Hope Elevated book and also to just get really deep on my conversation on the podcast. So, believe it or not, that whole fail forward challenge is what really spurred this transformation. And it just by seeing someone like him share his story and get really vulnerable and see how he works with his clients, and how he's such a big mental health advocate. It really inspired me to do essentially what I'm doing today. So I am proud to call him my friend, and I'm so excited for you to hear this interview. I think you're going to love him. Make sure you go check out his website after the show as well. We'll add that in the show notes, and I'll see you after the interview. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I'm hanging out today with my friend, Justin Bryan, the double first names. (laughs) Justin is a speaker, mental health advocate, and a professional executive and transition coach. How are you doing, Justin?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you.
0: Um, I really appreciate that you're on the show today. We met during Anthony Truck's uh, challenge and one of the things, it was the fail forward challenge, one of the things that I realized partway through that challenge was that I wasn't being vulnerable enough. And I really appreciated how vulnerable you were during that. um, And I gained a lot of respect for you. But I also gained this, you know, I need to start getting more vulnerable and sharing my story, which obviously led to the book. Um, But I believe that everything in our past happens for a reason. And now we've been given a gift on how we can help others. So can you tell us a bit about your stories and the struggles that you faced?
1: Yeah, well, for the better part of my life, for about 16 years, uh, I battled with addiction really hard, actually. Um, once I got into it, I, I hit it full force. Uh, but from before that, I didn't really realize until I started accepting what depression was that I probably struggled with it my, my whole entire life. But that didn't. It did. It started coming out um, when I was about, let's say, sixteen. Um, I kept kept cutting from hockey teams, and I'd always seen my friends on the teams. And then one time, one year, I actually had to watch them wear their jerseys to school every every Friday, and that that really crushed me. And I actually, ended up holding on to that feeling until I was probably about thirty-four. The last last time I went to rehab, and um, but from there on, I just my self-worth. I was always small. Um, you know, I, I was always smart in school and I always got the girls, but I was small and I was always behind my friends. And that's what I really wanted to is just be part of the boys. Yeah. But from then I attached my self-worth to that and I wasn't a very confident kid. So growing up, um, once I finally tried alcohol for the first time, I was hooked right away because it gave me that false confidence, the false sense of security. I thought I was funny. I liked who I was. And then it kind of just escalated from there into, I would, uh, I'd have like an algorithm of how I would drink. So I'd have to have this many drinks before I left my house. I'd have to have this many drinks to talk to this girl. I'd have to have this many drinks to go to the dance floor. So it all kind of stemmed from there. And then it just, it took a really dark path and drinking turned to drug use. Drug use turned to, to just missing work and getting fired, and I lost a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, what was your bottom? What was what was that moment when you're like, oh boy, I need to do something?
1: Well, in on January 4th of 2019, I actually had to hospital, hospitalize myself with suicidality and alcoholism. Um, it came to a point where uh, I got milk thistle uh, for my liver, kidney flush. And I became an organ donor because I was preparing my body to leave. I was preparing to exit. And I just wanted to make sure that if I did that, somebody else would be able to live on. So I was eating healthy foods. I was working out. I was just trying to prime my body. I remember one time I took my two year old kid to the store and I bought him some candy. And when we got home, I put him down in front of the TV and I turned on a movie and I gave him the bag of candy. And I just, stood behind him staring at the back of his head and I was crying because I was thinking man am I am I going to make it to teach him how to ride a bike am I going to see him scores for school i see him graduate or will I even see him get married and I was just fluctuated with all those thoughts for probably about six or seven years of constant suicidality and it got to the point where finally I admitted it uh, to my mom like you need to take me to the hospital um I was actually living in a basement suite. I was off work because i kept I kept drinking and missing work and they told me to take a leave of absence and yeah I just i was my girlfriend left me with my kid and I was just at the darkest moments of my life. finally committed to taking to the hospital, and that's when a third of my left or my dad to my left turned front of me and a counselor to the right. I finally admitted it out loud that I had a plan and that plan was to end it.
0: Wow. And I, I think that's a lot of people don't realize is that I had a similar experience with depression. Um, I was I'm grateful I, I didn't have to get hospitalized for it. But the suicidal thoughts, you know, I remember thinking, ah, it's so selfish of me. And, you know, when it when it started happening earlier on in life, but then I just got to a point where and especially, you know, because when addiction takes over, you're just tired of saying sorry, you're tired of hurting other people. And so I think there's that stigma for people who don't understand um, addiction and who don't understand, you know, uh, mental health and suicidal thoughts and just what's going on in our heads at the time, we're trying to actually be selfless because we're tired of hurting other people. And so it's something that I talk very openly about. Um, was it similar for you as well, where you just you didn't want to put people through that pain anymore?
1: Yeah, well, it got to the point where um, I was just considering running away and living on the street somewhere, just to get away from everybody. It was at the point where, like, if I had alcohol beside me, it was I was I was calm, just like having it was a. I even tell this to my girlfriend. I was like, "It's it's a friend to me." and she didn't understand it but now she's starting to understand it what what it did for me um it made me feel good it didn't criticize me um and you know what if i blacked out for two days those were good days because i wasn't sad for those two days and i even told that to my counselor she didn't get it and i am like well those are days that i just i felt i probably felt okay um but it got to the point where i was suicidal because I legitimately thought my kid would be better off without me. Mm-hmm. A healthy, stable father in his life. I thought I'd maybe even be doing him a favor.
0: Right. And no, I, I totally get that.
1: And I know like I know now that, that's, a cra- that's not a crazy way of thinking. It's just that's how you get and you get these mindsets. And um, your brain is a powerful, powerful weapon. Like, and you need, to, you need to train it just like, like go to the gym. You need to train your muscles. You need to train your brain as well. And when you're, when you're not healthy up there and you're constantly feeling guilty and shameful and I remember I had one counselor, she said, hey, so you got to stop feeling sorry for yourself. I actually felt the opposite. I thought I deserved it because I knew that I had good grades in high school and I had people that liked me, but why do I keep, why did I go down this path? I know what's wrong. I know what's wrong, but why am I doing it? And I know I kept choosing to do it, but I got to the point where I was, I was praying to God and like, can you just make me normal? Why can't I just be normal? Just help me, help me. And I'd reach out to friends. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? So it got to the point where I I had to take action or I wasn't going to be around.
0: Right. So what inspired you to finally change and really pivot in your life?
1: Well, well, six years ago, I started working out, and when I was there, I, I, I would start listening to motivational uh, speaking, actually. So I found Trent Shelton, Les Brown, Inky Johnson, right off the, like, right off the hop, and Eric Thomas, like those, those four core, and I would just listen to them, and they would, they'd pump me up pretty good. And um, a lot of them talk about the power of why. I, like, I know there's a book by Simon Sinek. I haven't actually read it, but from listening to all these speakers, they always talked about their why. And finally, I instead of me wanting to exit my son's life, I made him my vocal point. He, I made him my why. See, a lot of people, they say, do it for yourself, do it for yourself. Well, yeah, that's all fine and dandy if you can. For me, I, I couldn't at that point. So I had to find my Why? So I started picturing my son growing up without a dad, without a father that I knew I could be. This whole time, a lot of it, my depression was coming from, I knew my possibilities. I know what I'm capable of. I just wasn't reaching it because of all this other stuff. So I started picturing him without a dad, getting made fun of at school, not having somebody in his life. And I really turned that around to wanting to be in his life. So I made him my why, but by making him my why, me being in his life, that means he's going to be in my life. And that means I'm going to be around, which means I'm healthy. So essentially, whenever you make it about something else, it usually comes down to about you in the end. So I made him my why, and now my why is grown exponentially. Now I'm back with his mom. We're a family together. We live together. Um, I get to serve others. Uh, I'm coaching. I get messages almost daily of thanking me on what I'm doing and how showing my vulnerability online. And that's rewarding in itself. I just had a message the other day by someone. They said, thought of you. I poured out all my drinks, poured my wine out. Thank you.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I've noticed that too, since I've shared my story now so openly. I'm having people reach out that I haven't heard from, from years, and they're like, hey, you know, I just started meditating, or now I realize how I'm treating others in relationships, because I think addiction goes far beyond just drugs and alcohol, right? It's how we treat people, it's You know how we interact and stuff like that so when it comes to depression is that still something that affects you today every once in a while because i know for myself personally i have my good days and i have my bad days i just the difference between back then and now is i have the tools to deal with it and like you said helping other people and becoming other people centered really keeps me on track because it keeps me out of my head how do you manage depression today
1: well, you know what, I think Denzel Washington called it uh, the selfish unselfish when you help people because, you know, it it makes you feel great, but you're also making them feel great. Um, what do I do? Well, I'm actually really, really busy. Um, I try to uh, practice gratitude, mindfulness. Uh, I go to the gym. I listen to audible books on personal growth. A lot of it came down to is I, w- I used to journal a lot. Now I'm taking courses. So it's it's hard to fit all the and I'm still a full-time server slash manager at a restaurant. So yeah, getting my steps in for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh I just it's all about your mindset. So if I get depressed, I'm like Kate okay, asking yourself, does this really matter right now? Is it is it that big of a deal? Is it gonna hurt me in the end? Um okay, whoa, is it is this your is this your problem? Is are you the problem in this? Or take 100% responsibility for. It. Okay, actually, this is my issue. Um, but uh, yes, so starting to practice gratitude and realizing the good things you have in your life, mindfulness, being like, oh wow, like this is where I am. This, I like, I live in Salmon Arm. I live basically on the lake. Like, I, I'm in a good part of the country. It's it's really realizing what you have. And once you get like, I do have my good days. I I definitely have my bad days. But I'm having more good days. And that's that's what matters. And it's, it's realizing what happened on those good days. And, okay, so why am I having those good days? And then why am I having these bad days? And just accepting that you will have good days and bad days.
0: Right. And I, I don't know about you, but my bad days today are better than my good days were back then. Like, I just... You know, it, and I think in order to have those really good days, we need to struggle a little bit sometimes. We need to be reminded of things aren't always perfect, but I think it makes me appreciate the good days so much more now than it ever did. So, mm. what um, made you decide to be a coach? Because I know we've kind of been on this journey together for the last little while and it's been amazing just seeing you progress and stuff. And I've been doing similar things. So, it's really cool to chat about them. But, what inspired you to be a coach?
1: Well, actually, I really wanted the biggest thing I wanted to be was a speaker, and that's that's what I real I'm really passionate about and stuff. Um, but also, it's I kind of fell into the coaching, and it went hand in hand. I got a bit of funding for school, and I uh, they wouldn't fund a motivational speaking course, but they would do a life coaching course. I'm like, okay, well, I'll pay for this uh, speaking course, and then I got a little bit of funding for a coaching certification, and I'm like. And I just really just started to evolve into it because my life, I I am a natural leader. But I, I, my problem was back then I was always kind of too shy to, not confident enough to um, speak out. Or but I started getting that confidence and natural ability to lead and make people feel good about themselves and really listen, dive in. And the big thing is that I had thirty five years of painful joyful experience <laughs> and I knew that it actually and that's another thing that helped me get out of my funk was realizing that if I get out of this I can help it was a whole new world for me and I can help a whole a whole lot of people and the one thing I always would t- tell my counselor is that you know what I would never change a second of what I went through the sadness the loneliness They were having to wear makeup on my wrists to work so nobody could see the marks. Um, I would never change a second of it because now I get to help others not feel that way, the way I did. And if my son ever goes through anything, most things, I'll probably, (laughs) I probably would have struggled with it. So I get to help. So it's, I get to take my past and help others.
0: Right. Yeah. And I feel the same way. It's, it's actually an amazing feeling. So how has life changed for you since you became a coach and you started helping others? Like what's kind of the biggest impact you've noticed?
1: You know what, a lot of engagement on social media and people saying, thank you. I'm proud of you just out of the woodwork, Um, I've gained more confidence in myself because now I'm, uh, I'm sticking to the things, my goals that I've, that I've written down. I'm sticking to them. I'm conquering, I'm crushing, I'm getting there. Um, It's just, it's bringing out the person that I was born to be meant to be and proud to be finally.
0: Absolutely. So how do you, I've noticed this in my journey is that since I've been really focusing on helping other people and I mean, you know, my show is typically about, on the road and how to get healthy and how to live that healthy lifestyle. But I think it just, it can, it's really benefited me at home now, especially with the state of the world and I can't travel right now, but Mm -hmm. I've noticed that since I've put my heart into being vulnerable and helping other people, I've attracted some amazing people into my life. And, you know, you and I both got to know Anthony Trucks and have you noticed that your, your circle is expanding and it just like, all these people that you're attracting into your life like to help people just as much as you do?
1: Oh, it's, it's insane. Guys like Anthony, um, Steve Weatherford, these ex football guys that are just all about helping others. Um, It's led me to um, Glenn Marsden of the Imperfectly Perfect campaign, who's just an incredible, incredible guy who lost his buddy to suicide. Now he's, he's taken this campaign from Australia and now it's global. And he just was rated top 35 or something in influential people. And it's just my network's expanding to different types of people. Like I used to hang. Like there's all these people that are coaches, um, speakers that I'm just starting to connect with. And I was just actually thinking of this the other day. I'm like, man, it's 19 months ago. I was in a hospital wanting to end my life. Now I have all, all these friends and connections that, are all about serving others and helping each other and like you reach out and especially like men who are vulnerable and then just wanting to help other men. It's, it's pretty incredible actually. And it just goes to show you that if you're looking for something, you got to just, or if you need something, look, like I tell people, if you're struggling, stand up, speak out, speak often. And if you can't find anybody who will, there's somebody out there. Keep looking.
0: So what keeps you moving forward and not wanting to slip back? Because I've I've gotten asked this before, you know, people are like, do you ever feel like drinking again? And for me, it's been so long now that I'm like, no, not really, because I know what it does to me, right? I'm very aware that I can't drink like other people can. Um, So, you know, what keeps you moving forward and not not wanting to slip back?
1: Uh, Everything I've built for myself. It's it's simple. I don't drink. It's, you know, it took me a lot of years to get there. I was actively trying to quit for six, seven years. Like I, so I built a team um, around me. I've been to 45 addiction appointments. I've been to 77 days in rehab, uh, 100 doctors appointments, 10 psychiatrists, 10 psychologists, um, eight different types of meds. But it's building that team around me that if something happens, they got my back. But it's just, it's not an option for me anymore. Um, I see where I'm living up to my capabilities. So why did I want to, I don't want to go backwards. I mean, do I think of drinking sometimes? Yeah, I do. Right. It's, it's, it was part of the drinking made me part of the, part of the boys, right? Cause I played hockey, played golf, played baseball. You go, you drink with the boys, right? Yeah. So that was all about the camaraderie. And do I want that? Yeah. You know what? I work in a restaurant. And I do not suggest this to anybody <laughs> coming out of addiction. Not at all. Um, six months after I was working in a restaurant and I don't, I don't tell people to do that. I don't suggest it at all. I just, I need, that's what I needed to do to go to school, pay my bills, be with my family. And um, it's something I was good at. Cause I was a bartender for so many years
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's something I excel at. So I'm still there, but do I ever think of drinking? Yeah, sometimes, but I just, it's in and out. It's, and oh, that looked like it would be fun out. Oh, okay, that's not an option.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. All I have to do is play the tape through, and I'm like, yeah, that wouldn't be a good idea because this night will not turn out like I'd like it to. It's going to turn out completely different. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, once you re and it's important, I think, for anything in life, like anything that involves developing a healthier mindset if you have an issue with eating or drugs or alcohol or relationships, you really have to look back at how bad it got. And I think you have to have that first and foremost in your brain that you know, you know, 100% without a doubt that you need to change. And then I think once you can start building off that and recognizing patterns and things that have, you know, you keep doing things the same things over and over again, expecting different results. I think people do that with dieting and you know, everything, right. It's like, okay, well maybe this time will be different. And while it turns out for some of us, it's not. Um, and I like to touch the hot stove twice. I don't know about you.
1: That was, I always thought that. Okay. I'll be different this time. (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: It's not an option this time. But the thing is, I would ask myself is like these, these four questions. So if I was, do I feel like drinking or if I just felt down, um, but mainly if I felt like drinking it's okay so what's my white tail and then so who do I want to be well I want to be an influential speaker and a life coach um who already how why do I want to do it because I want to help people get better um I want to see the stronger them the best versions of themselves so then it's who do I want to be why do I want to do it how am I going to get there but I'm not drinking for one that's my main thing not drinking um and then Going to school obviously but if i felt like drinking it's how am i gonna get there well don't mm. drink right go to your counseling appointments stay disciplined stay committed so those are the four big questions i would ask myself and then mm.
0: so what do you so if there was because both you and i are coaches and you know people will ask okay, how do you get started in developing a healthier mindset in the life of your dreams if you could suggest three things, three of the most important things to start off with for somebody who really wants to change their lives, what would that be?
1: Health, health, exercise,
0: yes.
1: exercise is a healthy diet. Because I know for me, quitting drinking, I can get a sugar, uh, sugar sweet tooth now, and I never used to have a sweet tooth. Yes. But I know for me, if I if I crush too much sugar then that makes me my energy drained makes me lethargic makes me irritable gratitude 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 um be grateful for what you have stop comparing and stop comparing yourself to others and what they have and write down your goals crush those goals set new goals crush those goals as well just give yourself some grace you're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. We're all imperfectly perfect.
0: That's right. We totally are. So, do you have a set morning routine? Because I know that's something that I've had to incorporate in my life. Um, what does a typical day for you look like to make sure that you keep spiritually fit and mentally fit?
1: Oh, jeez. So I have a, a, grat- a daily checklist that I've created. So it um, starts off with my mission statement, my three things of gratitude, my five positive affirmations. What is your why? Who do you want to be? Why do you want to do it? How are you going to get there? Um, Review my goals and then end off with some more positive affirmations. Uh, I try to get that to every morning, but working full time and then taking another life coaching course and a confidence course and working with my own coach and coaching clients um typically i get up at around seven um i'll try to go over this sheet i'm at the gym i come home i eat i do some schooling work with my coach and then just fitting in healthy eating but at the gym now i listen i don't listen to music i listen to audibles so i don't listen to rock out music i'm listening to what can help me get better what can help me change my mindset Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm off to work and back home at 11 at night 11, 11 30 at night and then not to bed and then do it all over again but I try to fit in some family time in there because I heard it's you don't build your um, life around your business you build your business around your life so it's me it, it was I still have to work on this a little more it's the the healthy boundaries and getting in that family time as well because I do have a four-year-old son still
0: Yeah, and they take a lot of work.
1: Yes, (laughs) yeah, he's a lot of work. But the importance of a morning routine—trying not to check your phone in the morning for the first half an hour because you don't want to wake up, have that text, bad text or bad email, and start off grumpy. Um, A lot of these guys, I want—I really want to start meditation. Because a lot of these influencers that I follow, they're big on the meditation. But it's yeah, it's how you start your morning off, and even if you if you if you have a morning and a night routine, like what you do before you go to bed, I know a lot of these guys, they sleep with their phone in other rooms. They, don't, they turn their phones off at a certain time. and Those guys are super disciplined, though. But that's why they are where they are.
0: Yeah, I I do that actually. I put I I struggled with that for a long time, and then I started actually putting my phone on D, like D and D, and I schedule it now. So at seven o'clock, my phone goes off, so nobody can get a hold of me. And I usually keep it off until about six thirty a.m. because I'll get up at four thirty, and I like to create for those two hours. So
1: Perfect.
0: Yeah, so it it works out really well. But um, I do notice that the coaching. Part of my life now, it just that gets me fired up, and that gets me motivated to want to build a better life for myself and my spouse, and you know, friends, kind of thing. So, do you manage to get the family time in, or is that something you mentioned was a bit of a struggle?
1: It it is a bit of a struggle. I (laughs) I try to get in, like, on because I am working forty hours a week at the restaurant, and you know, I'm doing. Two days ago, I did. 29,000 steps yesterday was 24,000 steps. So I'm doing like 13 miles between the gym and working a day. So I try to get a nap because I'm up from seven in the morning till 12 at night, five days a week. But on my days off, we we go and do stuff. But even on my days off, I'm, I have school or a client. So it is, they are, uh, they are kind of sacrificing for me a little bit right now just to get going. But in the in the summer, the restaurant picks up. So it was another six weeks of kind of to the wire and just trying to make sure I schedule in some time as well.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I know you have a beautiful family. So if um, people want to get a hold of you, how can they get a hold of you?
1: Um, well, uh, I have a website it says www.justinbryan.com. You can reach me on Instagram, just DM me I love having conversations, uh, JY Brian 19 or just Justin Bryan uh, on Facebook.
0: Awesome. So make sure you reach out. And if you're looking for a speaker, Justin will be perfect. I've seen some of his videos that he sent over to our group where we stay accountable. And he's definitely the guy that'll help keep you accountable. So thank you so much for being on my show today.
1: Thank you very much. It was great to be on here.
0: Well, that wraps up another episode of the Road to Health podcast. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Justin as much as I did. I know a lot of people struggle with mental health. And obviously, right now, in these tough times that we're all facing, it is more important than ever to make sure that those of us who can help, those of us who have had experience in this area, Just reach out our hand and support as many people as possible and spread the message that it's okay to ask for help. I know that there's been many times I've wanted to end my own life. And just because of how I was feeling, I didn't feel like I could ask for help. I didn't want to burden anybody. So if you are someone that's struggling, make sure you reach out. There is always someone available to help. And of course, if you're just struggling in general right now, make sure you reach out info at the road to health.me and I'm happy to help and chat. And don't forget, if you haven't joined the Facebook group and you wanna be part of the keynote presentations I'm offering for the next few weeks, you can do that. It's the Road Forward community on Facebook. I will add the link at the end of the show and join us on those free talks where I teach you how to have the best year of your life. And until next time, stay safe. That wraps up another episode of the Road to Health podcast, where my goal is to empower and inspire you to build a firm belief in your own ability to change your life and start achieving your goals. I know from experience, it can be hard to make healthy lifestyle changes that actually stick. I work with people to help them define their goals and identify the roadblocks that stop them from achieving them. If you would like to take advantage of a free consultation call to figure out how you can reach your goals, visit my website at www.theroadtohealth.me and book today. When you're there, make sure you sign up for my five steps to achieving your goals. And until next time, be safe and healthy.